are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast, your number one source for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. On today's edition of the podcast, me and Connor sit down and have a conversation about Antonio Pierce and whether or not he's truly cut out to be a defensive coordinator or maybe if he should just stick as a positional coach. Next, we take a look at Stanford's win versus Oregon and Arizona State's win versus UCLA and who should be riding higher right now heading into this Friday night game. Finally, we go ahead and close out the podcast with one team's recent success over the other and why that team might be better suited off than the other. You are listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Thanks for making Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome inside the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. I am one of your hosts, Richie Bradshaw. Joined, as always, by my good friend, Connor Drios. We got a lot to talk to you about on the Wednesday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast as we get ready for the Friday night matchup against the Stanford Cardinal. Before we get started, as always, I got to check in with my best friend and co-host, Mr. Drios. Connor, how the heck are you? It is hump day, which means we are just two days away from our game against Stanford. Remember, we have a Friday game playing at 7.30 this week in Tempe, so a little bit of a change in schedule and a shorter week. But overall, can't complain. Still riding high off that game against UCLA, but got to look forward to that game against Stanford now. Yeah, well, without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into everything that we have today. But first, make sure that you're following all three of us on Twitter. For myself, that's at RichieBrads36. For Connor, that's at Cedrios. And for the podcast, that's at LO underscore Sundevils. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else. We put out the best Sun Devils content Monday through Friday. You're not going to find any content better than ours, and we're we're funny too. And we're not uh, just talk, we're not just talking about our looks. Sometimes we're funny. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean that that's neither here nor there. But we we're we're pretty funny guys. They call us the Mushroom because we're uh, fun guys. Oh <laughs> call me pico because i'm stop. the guy yo stop <laughs> i got another one i can't think of it call me butter because i'm hey, Richie, great on a roll where where can they find us on twitter I, I already told them maybe you should pay attention when i'm doing my podcast <laughs> anyways let's go ahead and jump into what we got so this i didn't think was a conversation i would be having with anyone but i've talked to a handful of close friends over the last few days and I feel like it needs to be addressed. So, like I said, this wasn't something I have really thought about. It's not really something I've put any stock into. But if I've heard it from multiple people, then I feel like a lot of other people might be talking about it. So, Connor, I feel like we should kind of give our two cents on this. Where do we stand with Antonio Pierce? So, let me go ahead and introduce the argument that I've heard before we give our very detailed and professional opinions about this. A lot of people have thought Antonio Pierce was better suited for a positional coach role, like he was the linebackers coach for a few years while Marvin Lewis was still the defensive coordinator before he eventually moved on. 
when Pierce was promoted, it seemed like a good uh, in-house promotion, and a lot of people were on board with it. And the results have been good. Arizona State's defense has been pretty shut down for the most part. They've looked really good. It's a 4-1 and one record. Argu- arguably the best defense in the Pac-12 and one of the better units in the Power 5, just to be completely frank. But there, are, there have been people who I've talked to, and like I said, I'm sure there's others who have this opinion, that this defense is underachieving. This defense is not as good as they should be. The adjustments aren't being made uh, more consistently. And overall, it, it's, it feels like Antonio Pierce might be holding them back. And he was in over his head becoming the defensive coordinator. So, Connor, go ahead. This was kind of a, a last-second conversation that we decided to add to the podcast today because I just I felt like this needed to be something to at least be briefly touched on. So I, I think if we're going to talk about Antonio Pierce, there is Antonio Pierce on the field as the defensive coordinator and off the field kind of everything that's gone on with the allegations. We haven't talked too much about the allegations on this podcast. So really, his hand in it was... It seemed like he was more involved with like, like some of the high school kids in, and he didn't give much of a comment on it. Any question that he was asked, it was very just cut and dry, one-word answers, or I believe when he was also asked about his future, it was kind of just given like a, I have no comment on that. So for what it's worth, with, with everything going on with, with the allegations and their coaches, it doesn't seem like he was clean in all this, which kind of sucks to hear. The, the move itself... Yes, it was probably a good inside promotion. I, I would say it also was not like this stunner move, which it doesn't have to be, right? You just want the right guy. I don't care who they are, what they look like, what their name is, what their background is. If they are the right guy for the job, that's great. We're, we're continuing this trend, and I've updated the number of cents because I think we talked about this in the podcast two weeks ago. You're talking about making adjustments. I, I will at least give him credit for doing that. First half points. So let me let me update you here. They've scored 87 points, or at least 87 points given up this year for their defense. How many of those are in the first half? For the, that the defense is allowed. Yes. Uh, I will say probably in the 60s. 64. That means 23 have come in the second half. That's a big difference, which means that they are making adjustments. I, I don't think Pierce is in over his head per se, but I will question the game plan that they're putting together. Because it just doesn't feel like they're being very effective in the first half. Let's go back to this week against UCLA. Was their defense overly great? It was phenomenal in the second half, but they allowed 20, really 20 of those 23 points in the first half uh, against a good team, uh, at least a good offense in UCLA. But what happens if ASU's offense can't come out and go like blow for blow with these guys, and now they're down like one or two possessions already at halftime? No, uh, finish your thought. It's just, it's a totally different story. Like, I want to see a full four quarters from this team in general. I I think this game against UCLA was the best we have seen. But that also includes the defense getting off to a hot start in the first half. We we really haven't seen that. I I think there's been one game, and I want to say it was against uh, UNLV. I think they gave up more points in the second half than they did in the first. But it was seven in the first and ten and a half. I just want to see a dominant four quarters where we can go in. It doesn't even have to be necessarily like we're up a ton at halftime. I just want to see the, the defense play well all together all four quarters. Yeah, and and the talent's there, right? Like, we know that this defense should be more than good enough to handle the stresses of putting together a full 60 minutes and 
when when we talk about adjustments, they they definitely are making those second half adjustments to clamp down whatever the opposing offense was doing well and limit it to making sure that this this uh, offense doesn't have to dig itself out of those holes. So there's been very few instances, which the only instance would be BYU. And unfortunately, I would put that game more on the offense than I would the defense. So the defense did its job for the most part, limiting a very good BYU offense, only 26 points. And they gave up, what do we say, 20 in the first half? Something like that. It was something like that. They gave up the vast majority of those points in the first half and then were able to clamp down and ASU's offense just couldn't get back into it. I think my concern when I think about the adjustments, we go back to this UCLA game. What was the problem with Dorian Thompson-Robinson? He kept running. Why did he keep running? Because nobody was spying him and the middle of the field was consistently left wide open. A good, or not a good, a great defensive coordinator is able to make those adjustments to limit what is being done successfully and Antonio Pierce didn't do that. Now, that does seem very nitpicky because for the most part, he's done a very good job Otherwise, of making sure that those aren't the issues. But uh, go ahead. Go ahead. So that, that's a good point. And when we use DTR as an example, you are not going to stop him from running completely. Because the play breaks down, the pocket breaks down, he gets outside, and all of a sudden there's lanes for him that weren't there when he was inside the pocket. Like, it is not easy to do. Especially for just about every single game they've played, it's been a mobile quarterback. It, so... But there was nobody specifically spying him from what I could see. And that's that's what's separating the great from the good, right? I, I don't think he is necessarily a bad defensive coordinator. But it's pretty frustrating watching that, at least from home, and just being a, a fan, right? Where you have probably one of the easiest jobs making comments and complaints about the game. But not seeing the adjustments being made where he was running all over you, picking up first downs, keeping drives alive. And it's just so frustrating. You, you can't let a guy like that... If you start to run past him as a defensive lineman, you've already given him multiple rushing lanes in front of him. Overall, I, I don't think Antonio Pierce is the main problem with the defense. I, I, I am curious about that argument of, is he truly a defensive coordinator or is he just better off as a positional coach? And I think that's an argument that we can revisit at the end of the season. As of right now, I think he's doing his job well enough. I, I do wonder how much influence Herm Edwards is having in the defensive play calling because no one can argue against the fact that there are times where Herm is kind of John and Antonio Pierce on the sidelines. And I'm curious what what's being said to be a fly on the wall during some of those conversations would be worth its weight in gold, but we'll see. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I think that Pierce is doing a good enough job as he is right now. So With that being said, we'll go ahead and wrap that up. That'll be the end of our first segment. When we return from our first break, we're going to go ahead and take a look at Stanford and Arizona State's previous wins this past weekend. Who should be feeling better going into their matchup on Friday night? You are listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 
Don't forget to use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Sun Devils your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Welcome back to our second segment of this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. In the first segment, we briefly went over our opinions on Antonio Pierce, the defensive coordinator. Now we're going to go ahead and transition towards the Arizona State-Stanford game that is going on Friday night. It's a huge battle of Pac-12, Pac-12 contenders and uh, Stanford putting up a little more of a fight than any, any of us anticipated. Taking down number three, Oregon, at home, at a Stanford home game, I should say, to specify. They took down Oregon very impressively. I really hope that the students stormed the field because God knows I would have if you take down a division rival who's ranked in the playoff format. That's huge. But on the flip side of the coin, Arizona State also riding pretty high right now with an impressive win of their own, going to Pasadena, the Rose Bowl, taking down a ranked UCLA Bruins team, seizing sole possession of first place in the Pac-12 South, and now essentially guiding their own destiny towards winning the division and going to the conference championship game. So with all that in mind, both of these teams have a very impressive win that they're riding right now, heading into Friday night. Both teams should be feeling really good and very confident about themselves. But who should be feeling more confident heading into this game? Connor, give me your thoughts. That's the that's the big question, right? You've got two teams coming off of great wins. They've got a little bit of swagger each in their locker rooms. And they're, they're probably both going to feel like, oh, this is going to be like, we're going to carry that momentum from that last game, right? But one of them has got to be wrong. They have to be. So that being said, I think, well, let me let me preface it this way. Who just won the Rose Bowl? Stanford? I don't think so. We just won the Rose Bowl. Woo! That was like the actual Rose Bowl, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, good. That, yeah. That's what I was told. So Asterisks. I it was a great win over – granted, they were both in their specific divisions. So as an ASU fan, it feels great to get that win against UCLA. But I'm not sure how you can look at that and think beating the third overall ranked team in the nation, a team that is in your your conference and division, how that's not the bigger win. Stanford's got to be wearing that badge of honor coming into that game against ASU. 100%. And they should be. That That is going to end up being one of the five biggest upsets of this college football season. And it's so funny because it just feels like over the last 10 years, Stanford consistently has Oregon's number. During Oregon's prime, the three years of the Marcus Mariota era, I I think they they beat Stanford in Mariota's junior year when he won the Heisman and they won and they went on to the national championship. The first two years they were heavily favored going into that game and they lost. And for whatever reason, Stanford is just a tough out. We talked about this before the season started, that we can't underestimate Stanford because for whatever reason, those nerds know what they're doing when it comes to football. Did you just call them nerds? Hey man, when you got like a 6.0 GPA average and you go to Stanford, you're you're a nerd. I think the fact that you just called it a 6.0 GPA just means like you obviously went to ASU. It goes it goes up to a 10, right? I if that's what they call it at ASU then yes, that's fine. Something like that. I mean, either way that's only 60%, so anyway, back to the nerds. <laughs> real quick kind of off topic. 
Do you remember years ago when David Shaw first got to Stanford and was taken over for Harbaugh and Harbaugh yeah. had started to get yep. Stanford in the right direction? And th- this this was the cover of a Sports Illustrated magazine. It was Shane Scove, who was a really, really good linebacker at Stanford who just had That's injuries. A it is a name. He had uh, injuries and never made it into the pros. But the uh, the title of this particular magazine was Revenge of the Nerds. And I thought it was the funniest friggin' thing. And to this day, every time I think of a good Stanford team, I'm just like, those nerds know what they're doing. Would I say it to their face? No, because they're really big and strong and they'd probably kick my butt. But that's neither here nor there. But anyways, Stanford is just consistently a tough out. For one reason or another, even even past the Andrew Lux and past the Christian McCaffreys and the Solomon Thomases, Richard Sherman, the Richard Shermans and all the great talents that they've had go through that program. This is a very okay team. Uh, Tanner McKee, who we'll be talking about throughout the week as we begin previewing this game in more detail, is a very good quarterback this year. But we'll touch on him more at another point in time during this week. The point being, though, Stanford just, they have all the reason in the world to go into Tempe extremely confident and knowing that they can win this game. But on the flip side of the coin, Arizona State also has a lot of confidence coming home after a big win and believing that they could, they could I'm not saying they will because I don't think they will, but they could win out and go into the conference championship game with one loss on their record, a potential to win the conference. And I mean, you win the conference, you're probably in the Rose Bowl. If not, depending on how the rest of college football shakes out, you could be looking at a potential playoff spot. But again, I don't think that's going to happen. I think we've got another loss or two waiting for us, unfortunately. We get to play the Rose Bowl twice this year? Yes, sir! So... So to get back to the original question, it was who should be feeling better going into this game? And I think the answer is clearly Stanford. But that being said, if you look at their their schedule so far this year, they're 3-2, and two, and it feels kind of like a, a Jekyll and Hyde kind of situation. They lost week one uh, against K-State, who at one point was ranked, and I don't think they are anymore. And Very then, good football team, though. Right, right. So it's not that, Stan- that K-State's just this terrible team. But then they went and took care of business against Vanderbilt. You have a great win against Oregon, but then you also lost to UCLA. It's not so much that just because you're a great team or you have a great win that it gets carried over every week. I mean, these are college kids. These are human beings. Mistakes get made. It just happens. But it feels like the range of outcomes for Stanford feels much wider than it does for ASU, meaning that I feel like we kind of know the scope of where ASU is going to produce in this game, where Stanford totally has maybe the ability to even blow us out of the water or just totally get crushed. And it's not so much like a a difference in talent level or coaching staff or anything, but based on how they've performed this year, and especially on like a short week, that might even be an advantage when they have to come play in Tempe. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, Stanford is going to come into this game riding high. Arizona state should be just as high on themselves, if not even a little more confident. Unlike Stanford, they control their own fate to win not just the division, but the conference. Oregon got exposed. Oregon looks beatable now. They don't look like these heavyweight guys who should just glide their way to a championship in the Pac-12. They look beatable. They looked very beatable. 
And I think that Arizona State could surprise them if they get that far. But that starts with a really big victory over Stanford this week. With that being said, we're going to go ahead and close out our second segment. When we return for our third and final segment, we are going to be talking about one of these two teams' recent success against the other and whether or not that's going to play an impact in this game in particular. You are listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. All right, college football fanatics. Have you guys heard of Price Picks yet? Because if not, let me tell you. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you're going to love it too. Price Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. Price Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid major players you might not have even heard of. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from yards to touchdowns, even to interceptions thrown. Here's the deal check this out. All new users will receive a 100% instant deposit bonus, match up to $100 if you use the promo code LOCKED ON. Here's how it works. Pick two to five players in an over-under for their projections, and you can win up to 10 times your amount on your bet on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Price Picks also allows mixed sports entries, so you can take the over on LeBron James and combine it with the under on Patrick Mahomes in the exact same entry. Use the award-winning app on both Apple Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawal, so don't hesitate. Check out PricePicks.com and remember to use that promo code Locked On, or go to the App Store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. How many times are you just going to try that new protein bar before you just finally give in and try Built Bar? We've been telling you about Built Built Bar now for weeks. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk to a Built Bar fan such as myself, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're just missing out. They have coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So really, there's something for everyone. Know what my favorite is? It's absolutely that mint brownie. Cannot go wrong with that flavor. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugars, and 4 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And we return for the final segment of the Wednesday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. We've talked about Antonio Pierce. We've talked about the wins that Stanford and Arizona State are writing. Now we're going to go ahead and finish up talking about a little bit of history between these two schools why one school might have the advantage over the other based off of the past. Connor, you've heard of the saying before, history repeats itself. Well, if history is a factor in this, then Stanford will have the advantage going into this game. Stanford has won six of the last seven, and our good friend David Shaw is 4-1 and one against the Arizona State Sun Devils during his tenure at, at Stanford, and Stanford has put together a very good football team, and I know whenever I think about this rivalry, I go back to the, what did I end up being, the 2014 Pac-12 Conference Championship game where Stanford came down to, they came down to Tempe and absolutely whooped us. It was embarrassing. Tyler Gaffney looked like, Christian McCaffrey on steroids. He tore us apart. 
Stanford kicked the teeth in on us. And it, it was just embarrassing. And obviously, both teams have come a long way since then. Arizona State clearly looks like the much better team this season. But I'll tell you what, this game makes me nervous. And that history doesn't really make me feel much better about this game. I think if they didn't beat number three Oregon, I'd feel much better about it. Not that any win is ever guaranteed. But after watching them beat Oregon, that's just... It just makes you think. It really does. Um, so they've won the last two, and you mentioned six of the last seven. Do you know what the overall record is? Granted, these are two different teams, different coaches, different players. But just for fun, what's the overall ever, record? Ever. Yep. All-time record. Um, it is 31 total games. I, I'm not going to guess the the uh, actual like wins and losses. I will say that Stanford has the advantage. ASU has the advantage. Really? Is it close? 17 to 14. Okay. Uh, longest win streak for ASU is five games. Longest uh, win streak for Stanford is four games. At home, and here's where it gets interesting, they are 11 and 6. 11 and 6. They play significantly better here at home, which is where the game is on Friday. Who, so, who is they? ASU. Okay. ASU plays much better at home in their series. Uh, over the last 10 matchups, though, so closer to... David Shaw probably wasn't there for every single one of them, but a majority. Uh, they are four and six, so he's definitely gotten the better of them as well. That's interesting. I mean, yeah, be- between David Shaw and Jim Harbaugh, they've been very well coached over the last 10, almost, almost 15 years. But this is a good football team, and they're a team that is never an easy out, and you're going to have a slugfest for 60 full minutes. And... That's going to be the case when the Cardinal come down to 10P this weekend. It's just that history was very interesting to me. You, you can't put a ton of stock into it because things fluctuate and change every single year. But, but the, how, how can you say that? And then we always talk about ASU losing to Oregon State in, in Corvallis. Exactly. We, we always talk about that. So you, should you put a ton of stock into it? Like if you are into analytics or at least data-driven, you can't really sit there and look at that and think, well, this obviously means something. But at the same time, like, it seems like there's correlation somewhere. Yeah. No, there totally is. Like, I I just, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm just so conflicted about this because I know we're the better team. But at the end of the day, I truly, in my heart of hearts, feel that this is going to be a very tough game. And I won't lie to you. I am less confident about this game than I was going to Pasadena to play UCLA. I think I feel better about it now just because I was so convinced they were going to lose to UCLA. Um, so being able to – and it's just algebra, right? If you beat – I'm not good at algebra. Well, you beat UCLA and UCLA beat Stanford. If so facto, you should be able to beat Stanford, right? But, but then – if Stanford beat Oregon, then Arizona State can beat Oregon? Yeah, also a fact if you can beat Stanford. So once you get to the Pac-12 South title, or just Pac-12 title, and you're playing Oregon, then that's just math. I don't make up the rules. It's science. But, so we can put as much stock into recency bias, or at least like the recent outcomes, as much as you want. But you can't ignore it either. It's just there. It's just a fact. And we're playing. We're, we're talking about a team who just knocked off the number three overall team in the country. Like they are not a nobody. I don't care if Stanford's ranked or not. They are at least a good team with a lot of talent. And if you come into this playing down to, I don't even want to say their level because I, I feel like that puts ASU on a much higher pedestal, which they're really not. Stanford is a good team, 
so I, I don't want to say that we're going down to play like, gosh, what are those bums down in, in Tucson? But there is a chance you could lose this game. It's it's not something that ASU should be talking lightly about Stanford going into Friday night. No, totally. And, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I, I think about it with Oregon. A week ago, we were talking about how this team is going to glide through the Pac-12. It didn't matter between ASU and UCLA who won the South because Oregon was going to win the whole thing. Oregon got exposed by Stanford. And, I mean, exposed to the point where we're like, yeah, these guys are definitely beatable. Like, we look at Oregon now and we're like, there are warts with this team. This is not the heavyweight team we thought. Are they still a playoff contender? Of course they are. We're not going to take that away from them. One loss is not going to sink Oregon's season. But one loss has shown me that Oregon is anything but impenetrable. And that team that took down Oregon now has to play Arizona State, and that makes me nervous. It truly, truly does. So we'll, we'll see how that ends up playing out. The, the history of it is certainly interesting. It, it's not the end-all, be-all, but you made a good point. When we talk about Arizona State going to Corvallis to play Oregon State and how we consistently seem to lose that game, it just feels like we can say that exact same thing when it comes to Arizona State playing Stanford in recent years. Maybe things are finally different. Maybe things have finally changed. But I'll see it when I believe it. In the term, in the in layman's terms of Patrick Mahomes, I'll see it when I believe it. So that's going to go ahead and wrap up our Wednesday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Thank you guys as always for joining us on this ride. Tomorrow we are going to start taking a look more in detail of the Arizona State Stanford game as we start preparing for our predictions that we'll go over on Friday. We're going to start laying the groundwork for that on tomorrow's episode. Make sure that you're following me and Connor and the podcast on Twitter. Myself at RichieBrads36, Connor at Cedrios, and the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. We post the best Sun Devils content Monday through Friday wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be Spotify or Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anything and everything in between. So make sure you check us out, and we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for making Locked On Sun Devils your first listen every day. Next, go ahead and check out Locked On Pac-12, all your daily Pac-12 news in 30 minutes or less with Pac-12 expert Cindy Robinson.